I am uh, I'm ecstatic to be with you. If you, if you, if you weren't a part of, of last weekend, uh, let, let, me, let me tell you that we're one church in, in multiple locations. And, and what, what God did with that uh, last weekend, um, frankly, still has me a bit um, all amped up, emotional, whatever word you want to put to it. Uh, I was with the guys at RCMU, and um, 21 of the guys at the prison location gave their lives to Jesus, which... Uh, Uh, the east location was packed for multiple services. The west one was too. And, and if you want to know, I know some of us are like, what, we, didn't gather, we didn't gather at the Civic Center this year. And, and you're right. But I can tell you that more people than ever in the history of, of our church on one weekend decided to follow Jesus. And that's got me pretty excited. <laughs> And so I hope that you were a part of it. By the way, if you're brand new, you're still going, is church dangerous? Well, partially, yeah, it is. Uh, but our, our goal is actually uh, not to introduce you to, to religion or to get you to be a part of something, something crazy. It's, we want you to know God and love God. And so, in fact, that's what we're going to talk about. We're, we're going to actually go after that very directly. And I thought I would just use a foundational verse out of the Bible. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God. Okay, it's loving God. I don't know why you are a part of church or why you're gathered around this, but in essence, you might be interested in this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Now, most sermons go after, yeah, heart and soul. Most of your relationships, just think about your normal relationship. It, it, that heart thing begins to go really fast, and you're like, yeah, and you, you, you hand your soul over to someone almost. Like, hey, anything you want, I'm all yours, doesn't matter. But I find it interesting that the craziest part of you and I is this, but rarely in church do we talk about this. We're like, oh, oh, oh you, got, you got an issue here. You're going to need to go see a professional. And, and although that's, that's necessary and good in a lot of cases, I think we're doing a disservice that in church we're not going after this and talking about this. Because I think some of us What's going on in our minds? Like, oh, we're supposed to love God with our minds. We're like, but what if my mind, uh, what if I'm losing it? Have you ever felt like you're losing your mind? Uh, I am right now. Uh, we, we got a new teammate in our family. Yeah. His name's Bo. Yeah. It's a teammate because, yeah, we're, build, we're building a sports team. Just, we're, right, we're working on it. It's press, I mean, I, I got to tell you a gift. And some of you are like, you know, you kind of keep showing different pictures of Bo. And, and are you going to keep? Yep. I'm just going to find out ways to talk about Bo in the sermons. But I'd like to be very open with you. If, like, maybe scary open. Maybe conversations that you, can we, I mean, he's a blessing. He's a blessing. But those first, two, those first two weeks, yeah, that's what I thought. So I thought I got an amen. Those first two weeks, I know he's, I, I love him. We love him. We want to keep him. But some of you are, my wife is one, you, you, you are able to function without sleep. I am not one of those individuals. And, and, and when he wakes up, I, I, I wake up at least and... 
And there's something, I'm just, I, there's something about the 13th, the 14th, the 15th day that you begin to wonder, I don't, I don't think I'm sane. I think I've lost it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm over-regimented in my life way, way too much. And, and so one of the things, I, I don't ever lose anything. Uh, people say, I lost my keys. And I literally am like, I have, why don't you just put it in the same place every time? Then you never lose your keys. And I don't lose stuff until we have a newborn in our house. I lost my water bottle. I have a water bottle. I, go, I take it everywhere. I go, well, one morning I went to go fill it up, right? And I, it wasn't where you put it every time. My, my own advice was not, it's like, where's my water bottle? And I couldn't find it. Day one, day two, day three. I got a picture from my oldest son. It was stashed away in the garage. And I literally could not remember when I was in the garage. I mean, I know I'm the one that put it there. Don't remember at all. In fact, here, let me just fess up to you. Sometimes you think, do church people, even do, do pastors think they're perfect? Well, I may have or may not have received two phone calls from the school. Telling us we ought to pick up our kids from school that day. <laughs> my fault. My bad. Okay. Sometimes you feel like you're losing your mind, right? Now, you don't, frankly, you don't necessarily need a newborn in your home. Can we admit that many of us right now, the stresses, the pressures, the tensions, the uncertainties can draw us to a place that what you are constantly thinking about is causing you to drop other things, forget other things, and maybe not even respond to the people in your life well. I think all of us can admit, no matter what is happening in your life, we're all facing this, I think, difficulty of keeping this healthy, of keeping this going in the right direction, thinking on the things we ought to think on. And and oddly enough, we just think, yeah, that's life, and we keep pressing forward. But do you know that when the Bible says, you know, you want to love God, love him with everything you've got, and that includes your mind, that it's difficult to love God with an unhealthy, broken mind. And then if you haven't read more in the Bible, it even says, and the next greatest commandment is to love others as you love yourself. And many of us can't love ourselves because our minds are in an unhealthy place. And so I think it's imperative that you and I, in this context, Talk about what are we saying in our minds to the point that if I just said the word, if I just said the word peace, what that does immediately, just in this moment, just by saying peace, that some of us even calm down a little bit. Because I think you and I, what we crave, no matter what you walk through, whatever circumstances you're pressing through, good or bad, I think you and I, we crave peace. If you're willing to admit that, uh, you will keep imperfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast. Very difficult, I think, to keep your mind steadfast. Because they trust in you. They trust in you. 
Now, I don't know where you are on trusting God, but, but I know that we can admit and confess that I'm not confident, you're probably not confident, that we're doing great winning the battle in our minds of being steadfast because of things playing out. In fact, a few years ago, Time Magazine did a whole opening on this. They began to look at not just the adult world, but the, the teenage world. And what they made very, very public was, were things that people were, were rejecting and denying. In fact, in fact, we have known for a while that there's been pressures and tensions in adults and that we've been wrestling with that. But then we begin to see it in teenagers. But to their detriment, many of the older generations have said, just kind of cowboy up. Just, just come on. However, what's going on is changing. Here's some quotes from the article. If you wanted to create an environment to churn out really angsty people, we've done it. Right? This, Janice Willock, she, is a, she was a researcher spending all of her time focused on recovery and self-harm. What she assesses in there, and I agree with it, that many of the things that have occurred over the past 20 years, 30 years in our country, is beginning to create this perfect mixture of angst, anxiousness. In fact, if you do your own research, here's what you'll find. This is exciting. The United States of America is considered the most anxious country in the entire world. We have a problem. So the article didn't just go to the researchers and the professionals. They interviewed multiple teenagers. Here's what, what one of them said. We're the first generation that cannot escape our problems at all. We're all a little like, like little volcanoes. What a, I think a very good description. We're getting this constant pressure from our phones, from our relationships, from the way things are today. Hmm. Now, some of you might disagree with that. Some of you might say, well, there's always been pressure. There's always been things, and there's always been issues, and, and people have had to deal with it. I would agree with you, but what we can admit to is that at school, we have a problem. At our workplaces, we have a problem. In our families, we have a problem. In fact, in our own private times, what you and I stew on, what that's creating in culture now, we have a problem. And what all the data tells us, what God tells us, is that peace of mind requires hard work and we're not giving it that effort. In fact, I'm not sure where this even lands with you. So, so let me do it. Let's pretend I've got a pause button on the sermon. And I'd like to pray for you. Because I don't know what you brought into this, this time of worshiping together, going to church. I don't know what, maybe it was a person, maybe it was a conviction, what, what put you here. But I want to pause because I, I hope and pray. What, I, what, I, what have I been prepping for with this sermon has been that, that God, would, God would do a work in us. So here's what I'd like to do. Very simple. Before I move forward any, anywhere, I simply want to pray that we would be open to this. I am not trying to preach you a sermon about just be positive thinkers. No, because I want you to love God and love others better than you ever thought possible. And our minds have to be healthy. So let, let me just, let me pray for us. God, God in, in the remaining time, would you help us, through the hope of your Holy Spirit, to be open to whatever we're supposed to hear from you. 
whatever we're supposed to do, whatever we're supposed to stop doing, God, would you do a work in us? Help us to let our guard down just for a little bit. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. If you're willing to do the hard work, let's see what God has to say. This is your typical Instagram post on what to do on the hard work. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Ha, ah, so precious. It's good, it's good. It's good information, it's good truth. Have you ever had anybody, like, well, after you say, man, I'm just so, I'm so stressed out. Just I got this going on, and man, I'm just kind of dwelling in this dark place. And they tell you, you know, just be happy. And you're like, I'm not thinking happy thoughts about you right now. Anyone else be there? Well, you, you get good advice, good truth, but it doesn't, it doesn't land where, where it needs to land. You're like, I hear you, but I don't resonate with that. And many times we'll, we'll post with good nature. Like, hey, just give all your worries to God because he cares about you. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, that's not the whole story. In fact, if, if you were to read the Bible the way you're supposed to, you're not supposed to just go find a verse. You're like, mm, that one little section, that one little thing right there, that's perfect. I like that. I don't care about the stuff before it or after it. But that little thing says what I wanted to say, so now I got it. That's not the right way to, you, you'll, you will find things you want to find, but they could be untrue. It's like if I were to have a conversation with you and then take one sentence that you said and say this is what you believe about all life. You're like, well, no, 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 no. Out of context, right? Well, let, let me show you better context. So humble yourselves. Oh, a little bit different. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he'll lift you up in honor. Oh, now give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Humble yourself. If you find yourself losing the battle in your mind where you are just landing in places you don't want to land... Sometimes, for many of us, we need to read the whole thing. According to this, a healthy mind starts with a humble heart. Now, many of us are like, I thought I, I thought I was humble. And I know, I, in, fact, in fact, some of you are actually reading into this. I'm not saying that if you have a bad thought, a negative thought, that that means all of a sudden you're not humble anymore. No, I'm trying to help us all begin to decipher and clear out the confusion going on in here. And if you want to go after, if you want to go after life in your mind and what's, what's good and healthy, you got to talk about humility. In order to talk about humility, you can talk about things, well, the positive things and the negative things. Right now, right now, literally in, in, your, in your day, your night, your week, your, your month, your year, you, you have things that would fall under the list of positive things that have happened in your life. I know some of you are like, nah, yes, there, trust me, there have been positive things in your life, whether you see them or not, like good things, great things, like those have been awesome. Just the fact that if you're listening right now, you are alive and that is a blessing. There are, there are positive things and, and there are negative things. All of us have them. Some of us think we have more than others, but we'll talk about that. But when you think about yourself, when you think about humility, which one are you circling around more often? I would say most of us circle around this one. Oh, we circle around it a long time. 
If you're in uh, the business world or, or just leadership, you know the whole mantra that you have to say like a bazillion nice things just to cover the negative thing because the negative thing is so powerful, right? And I'm telling you about life in general that if you have negative, most of us are like, we just circle, we circle, we circle, we circle, we circle, and we don't know how to break out of that. And do you know what that does to your mind? Takes you to a dark place. Negative thoughts, they keep the focus of how it affects me. Hopefully now you understand why I brought up humility. Negative thoughts keep the focus on how it, whatever it is, affects me. And if you constantly dwell on yourself, good or bad, if you constantly dwell on yourself, you're going to find a struggle of humility in your life, and then you're going to lose your peace. So how do we fight this? Again, God, full of wisdom, set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. This is the practical. This is, okay, I've got cloudiness, David. i got stuff going on in my mind. It's just consuming. I can't even click it off. It's just negative, 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 negative. And I can't click it off. Set your mind on things above. Not on earthly things. Set your mind. Set your mind. It means you have the ability to set your mind on something. In fact, I can, I can prove it. Do you remember the last time you went car shopping? Do you remember the last time maybe you even bought a car? And then all of a sudden, whatever you bought, everyone else seems to already have owned that and has bought that. Anyone, any, anyone raise your hands if you've ever experienced this. Okay, some of you truth tellers, some of you are not. Uh, I'm telling you, no matter what you buy, sometimes as soon as you buy it, and if you're a researcher, you see this crazy early on. You buy something, and then it appears like everyone else has done the exact same thing. They just liked a different color, maybe. <laughs> Researchers call this the frequency illusion. Let me just break the news to you. Uh, a lot of extra people didn't buy the same car you bought or that you were shopping for. It's, it's an illusion that actually your subconscious has locked on, oh, oh, what, been set on something, and now that's all you See, huh? Oh, let's go way nerdy. I love being nerdy. If you don't, just bear with me for about five minutes. Here's what's going on. Selective attention and confirmation bias. If you're like me, where I even failed classes in school, all right, I'm with you. I feel your pain. So let me describe these. Selective attention. The more we think about the bad, the more we see the bad. Do not deny that you do this. <laughs> we all do this, every one of us. Selective attention. That the, we, we think we saw the bad, the negative. We, and now that's all that person's doing is negative. You take that selective attention, you add it to confirmation bias. What you thought would happen actually happens. In other words, that person that's been doing stuff, you saw them do it, and you're like, see, I told you that's, what the, kind of, that's the kind of person they are. It's called the the negative cycle. Let me, we, we've been talking about cycles. You have a negative thought. Would you like me to make this personal? I will. Let's pretend you're married. And that person seems to not be aware of things that need to be done around the house. Like you, you see them all. You are the house warrior. 
and you have that thought, and you have that thought, and then you're convinced, you're subconscious. Now they're never doing the dishes. You start to use words in your marriage. You never, you have never, ever in your life ever done dishes, which is like, do you hear what you're saying? You never, you always, you never. Okay, some of you aren't married, you're like, oh, see, okay, work. You see that, that person you work with, whatever the negative thing, and you're like, oh, but it's, I, I agree, it could be truly negative. Then you see it a bunch. You see it all the time. And then you have the moment where they actually do exactly what you, you think you see all the time. They finally screw up. Confirmation to your bias. Yay! And you're not winning. Social media has this cycle. Someone, if you have anybody in your life that you don't like anymore, many of us saw the negative, then we begin to believe our subconscious locked onto, oh, they always do that. They never do what they should. And then we saw them actually screw up and begin to cycle, the cycle, the cycle, the cycle. And we think the other person is the only one losing. When in our minds, we're losing the battle of our mind. Because we are consumed with the negative. The negative. If you want to break this cycle, if this has any, if there's any interest in, in anything, if you want to break this cycle, you have to pr- get super, super practical. How do you, because you don't want to fake humility. You, people do that. Or they'll just say, you know, I'm so humble to accept this award and to get all the benefits from it. It just humbles me. Or I'm so humbled to... Have everyone acknowledge my existence? It's just really, not, I mean, not, not that kind of humility where you're like, I'm not sure if you mean what you're saying. I'm talking about real humility. The kind of humility that you have to work at to get. Not where you just say, I got it, and boy, I am the most humble person ever. That, that, no. Here, here's how you walk it out. Gratitude, gratitude can grow humility. It, 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 quite, quite literally. Grow it. Let's, let's, let's talk about your prayer life. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. Oh, okay. And you know, in a thankful heart. In a thankful heart. Think about, think about the times that you talk to God and that you're praying. Maybe even something specifically negative going on in your life and how you begin to pray about that. You know, some of us, and I'm not joking, this is serious. Many of us actually will pray that other people lose so that we can win in life. You know, Jesus taught us that we should pray that his will be done. But we kind of sometimes get so specific in this that we're like, no, uh, God, I know your will is actually for me to have the easy life. So can you remove that person from that job, that, that option? Can you do? And our prayers are not full of gratitude. When you talk to God, do you actually devote yourselves in prayer that is full of gratitude, acknowledging that God is incredible? Acknowledging the great things in your life. See, many of us are not positive people because we don't even engage the positive with gratitude. We engage the negative constantly. And we think, here's how the process, we think if we can get all of the negative out, then we've got more room for the positive. And I would tell you, the positive is meant to squeeze out the negative thinking. Gratitude. In fact, I'm no doctor or scientist. Many of us are familiar with antidepressant drugs. 
which I think are often necessary. I'm not hating on them at all. But antidepressant drugs, they, they typically do certain things. They, they deal with, with dopamine and serotonin, and, and they begin to help create certain things in your body. And that's good. And do you know that scientists have proven that gratitude produces the exact same stuff in your body? Do you know that some of us, some of us, what we are craving, what we are craving is not for God to fix every one of our problems, but we're craving the option to just show gratitude. Hmm. I'd like to take this another step. So how? Huh? Okay. To feel gratitude, because I'm like, I don't feel it. I don't. Give encouragement. I know that sounds basic, but let me walk this out with you. To feel gratitude Start giving encouragement. Stop in your head going, wow, what that person did was really nice. But you don't say it, right? You don't like verbalize it or write it and send it to them or do something nice. You feel it. You experience it. But you don't actually bring the encouragement to them. So you felt the gratitude, but you didn't express it. And gratitude requires an expression. Or it's just a good feeling. You and I, as basic as this sounds, you and I, a way we've got to attack what's going on up here. Listen, it's to literally begin encouraging people. It seems ridiculously simple. But let me show you the cycle. I tried to be pretty quick about this. Here is what God just taught us through the Bible. That if we want to go after a healthy mind, we just need to flat out start encouraging people. And then as you begin to encourage people, you're going to find yourself finding it a bit easier just to live in gratitude. When you thank that person for something so simple, when you thank God for waking you up, well, when you thank God for waking you up, you have a bit more gratitude in that day, don't you? It's just natural. You're not faking it. You're not going, Pastor said, I just got to have gratitude. And so I know it's healthy. No, it's real. Because you encouraged, you spoke good to God. You know, there's even evidence in the Bible. King David showed us this, where he had to encourage himself. Perhaps some of the encouragement you have to speak to yourself is you don't t stop telling yourself you're a loser. We need to get better encouragement encouragement, gratitude, and if you begin to live this way, you're going to become naturally humble. That You're going to live in humility because you understand the day is not about you. The night is not about you. Nothing's about you. It's about God. So we start off with the verse going, love God with, with everything, including your mind, and it becomes real. Then once you begin to lock on this, you will experience peace of mind. And what we were going after at the very beginning, peace of mind. If you want to take the Bible, that big giant book that some of us are very insecure about our knowledge of, if you, how do I apply that, David? This week, go after this. Encourage God more than you ever have. Encourage someone around you, people around you more than you ever have. If you're at the cash register, find something to encourage that person about. If you're at work, at school, Encourage. Let's, let's be a group of people that doesn't say, yeah, I read the Bible, never heard it that way. Oh, that's neat. No, let's just start applying it. Depth 
in Christianity is application of what we've been taught. So this, this week, let's walk this out. Encourage. And then I think you're going to find yourself not in this negative cycle of where your, your mind is like unhealthy and you're finding yourself going, I, I can't focus anymore. I think this is God's model. His cycle is saying, if you're going to get in a cycle, which is all cycles are not bad. If you're going to get in one, why not? Why not one that's positive and brings peace? This is not a self-help sermon. This is a love God and love others sermon. Take it, press it into your life this week, and watch what God will do with it. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is to get to talk to you, to be in your presence. What a blessing it is to get wisdom that walks its way right into our everyday life, into our, our offices and our homes and our classrooms. What a blessing it is, God, to know that we get to walk with you with grace and forgiveness. What a blessing it is, God, to get to live another day. What a blessing it is, God, to have peace that comes from you. So Lord, I pray for those who are right now especially wrestling with this battle of the mind. Lord, would you begin to help us be open to you and what you want. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.